Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. And I'm your host, James Graham. And I'm happy to be here with you today. In this episode, we will begin with our topic, Toxic Relationships. Then we will transition to our segment, How Do We Get Here? Followed by our hobbies and special interest section. And then conclude with our sunflower message. We always encourage you to share your thoughts on these subjects on our website at livelaughtalk.com or by email at admin at livelaughtalk.com. If listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo. And we also are getting some feedback that we're starting to publish as well on Spotify. Please feel free to comment and participate in our poll. Wherever you listen to the podcast, please follow us so that you're notified of the new episodes when they're released. And also, make sure that you rate us accordingly. And we help you rate us a top score. We work so hard, and we want your appreciation. The topic that we will begin with today is entitled Toxic Relationships. Too many today dwell in toxic relationships. Toxic relationships can be emotionally draining, manipulative, and harmful to your mental and emotional health, not to mention your physical health. We want to know the difference between toxic relationships and abusive ones. As mentioned, if it gets to your physical health, then that's when it's abusive and it's transitioned. You see, Toxic relationships, the identification of such, is crucial for our well-being and happiness. But some of us don't even know that we're in a toxic relationship. Maybe we blame situations on ourselves. Well, let's talk about some identifying signs that can help us to recognize whether or not we're in a relationship that has toxicity. Let's start first with constant criticism. If your partner or your friend constantly criticizes and belittles you, making you feel unworthy or inadequate, it's a red flag. And we want to stop here and just for a moment mention that when we're talking about relationships, being toxic, they don't have to be romantic ones. These could be friendships. So if we're finding ourselves in despair, we want to recognize all of these signs. And we started off with the constant criticism. Let's move on. The next one that we may mention is lack of respect. If your friend or your partner disrespects your boundaries, they disrespect your opinions or feelings, or maybe they just outright tell you that they don't respect you. See, that's a sign of toxicity. Who can be around a person 
that outwardly show, outwardly maybe even say that they don't respect us. That will wear us down. It'll kill our self-esteem. Let's move on. Many signs to discuss. And some of these you may or may not have recognized. But if they're happening in your relationship, you need to stop and take pause. Manipulative behavior, guilt tripping, gaslighting, playing mind games to control or confuse you. Yes, that type of emotional manipulation only leads to hardship. Now, have you been in a relationship and the person was jealous? You know, at first it might seem attractive. Oh, there's somebody that's jealous of me. They want my time all the time. At first, that's cute. Over time, you'll realize that that's not natural. See, excessive jealousy and possessiveness leads to controlling behavior, which subsequently leads to emotional abuse. Another thing a toxic partner may do, they may try to isolate you. They're your only friend. They're your only family. They take you away from your support network. They make you feel solely dependent on them. Isolate you. See, if that happens, they've got you. You're the only one that they can depend on. And now you're stuck. You've turned everybody else away. That's dangerous. You know, when we watch reality TV, there is always some bottle thrown or some table overturned, and that's all cute and nice for the TV. Actually, I think that that's toxic, even on television, taking it in and watching it. If you find your relationship is like that reality TV show where there's drama, fights, negativity, all of that affects your mentality. It affects you emotionally. Who wants to wake up to a fight every day? Not even a boxer want to fight every day. A, a toxic person also refuses to take responsibility for their actions. What do they do? They blame you or they blame others for their behavior. It's your fault. See what you made me do? No accountability at all. Have you found this in your relationship? Any form of abuse, be it emotional, verbal, or physical, is a clear indication of a toxic relationship. Let's repeat that. Any form of abuse, be it emotional, verbal, or Physical is a clear indication of a toxic relationship. Then we get into the issue of trust. We've already talked about respect. What's a relationship without respect? Well, what's one with the lack of trust? Well, not a healthy one. If there's a consistent lack of trust or constant suspicion, it can be harmful as well. Think about it. If someone's always suspicious, where have you been? Where are you going? Who are you talking to? Who are you texting? 
Let me see your phone. See, those are all signs of a lack of trust. And no relationship can survive it. If your relationship leaves you feeling consistently drained, maybe you're anxious, unhappy, walking on eggshells, it's time to evaluate its health. You shouldn't be in a relationship that drains you or takes away your happiness. Then again, some relationships have a one-sidedness to them. There was a song by Teddy Pendergrass a long time ago. It was a 50-50 love. He said he didn't want a 70-30. He didn't want a 60-40. He wanted a 50-50 love. Well, some relationships aren't even a 70-30. They're a 90-10 or 80-20. Have you really analyzed your relationship? Is it a 50-50 love like Teddy mentioned? Or do you find it unequal? Because if so, it's like dragging someone along. That gets exhausting over time. It can't be healthy. You can't drag someone along in a relationship. You've got to walk together. You ever been in a relationship with someone well, they want to take control. They take control of your decisions. They, can, they take control of your finances or even your daily activities. What are you doing today? Well, I'm, I'm going to do this or that. No, I think you should do the opposite. Matter of fact, let me get your checkbook and your cards. Let me control the finances in this household. You don't have a say in it. I, I handle all that. This is my job. This is what I do. See, all of that is dangerous. Many today have narcissistic behaviors. And you can see it. You can see it even on their social media pages. But in their real lives, there's a constant need for admiration. There's a lack of empathy. There's exploitation of others. All of this can be toxic to a relationship. It can kill it. Lastly, we'll mention feeling stuck. If your relationship hinders your personal growth and prevents you from pursuing your passions, it's harmful from the jump. There's no way it can survive. So we want to be in relationships in which we feel safe. We feel happy. We don't doubt ourselves. We're able to say and do things inside of the relationship. We don't feel like we're handcuffed. See, that's a healthy relationship. But even within toxicity, there's a difference between abuse and toxicity. Some of the things we mentioned are toxic. They can lead to abuse. Well, what's the difference? Well, toxic relationships, they're unhealthy. But they're not necessarily abusive because the person 
could not know that the behavior that they're using is hurting you. Maybe it's not even intentional. It doesn't make it less hurtful to you, but maybe they don't realize it. Keep in mind, too, that unhealthy relationships can also involve toxic behavior from both partners. Maybe we're adding to that as well. But see, abuse, on the other hand, is a desire to hold power over someone else, control their behavior. And since it happens gradually and in subtle ways, you may not always, may not always recognize it easily, especially if that relationship has been toxic for some time. Yet there's never an excuse for abusive behavior. Though change is possible, you can't make that person change. It's hard to change yourself. Have you ever tried to change another human being? Impossible. That's why if you recognize certain signs, it's good to take next steps in order to safely leave that relationship. Now, what are some of those signs? Well, if your self-worth is diminished, they blame you for everything that goes wrong. Make you feel you can't do anything right. See, they may do this by patronizing, dismissing, or embarrassing you in public. And you end up feeling small, confused, shamed. That's abuse. What about if you have periods of frustration with your partner about your, your future together? You're, you're constantly worried about the relationship. It stresses you out, makes you anxious, makes you doubt. That could be abusive. When they begin, as we mentioned before, to separate you from others, they snatch the phone out your hand, answer it, say you're busy. Make a fuss if you have other plans so that you'll cancel it. Dangerous, abusive. Some may even interfere with your work or school, show up at your job, attempt to humiliate you at the workplace. What if they're so abusive that they explode with rage? Use intimidation tactics, slamming their fists in the wall not allowing you to leave the house. These are just some signs. There are so many others. What about verbal abusive tactics? You're worthless. You can't do anything right. No one else could ever love you the way I do. Comes right out of the mouth of the abuser. They may want to prevent you from having your own bank account. Control the money coming in, as we talked about earlier. Give you a daily allowance. Make you ask for more. Treat you, not as their equal, but someone beneath them. Maybe it's physical violence. Maybe it's the type of violence that involves pushing, shoving, hitting. They can also state They'll hurt themselves if you leave. They start mentioning suicide. Now, we may take some of these things lightly. 
Maybe we do. Maybe we're not thinking about it seriously. Maybe we're in some of these relationships. The terrible part of that is, is that we read too much in the newspaper and online. We see too many police reports in which relationships start out like the ones that we've mentioned. They're toxic, no doubt about it. But it ends with someone's death because it goes from toxic to abusive to a homicide or maybe a suicide homicide. If you're in such a relationship, it's time to leave. It's time to leave now. Once you've decided it's time to move on, there are strategies. First of all, get support from a therapist or a domestic violence advocate. They can help make a safety plan and access resources for additional support. Open up to loved ones. See, we don't have to do this alone. They may be in a position to offer tangible support, like a place to stay or help moving out while your partner's away. Bring a friend if you're breaking up. See, you don't want to break up with a toxic person or abusive person alone. Ask a trusted loved one to come with you. Knowing you have their support may help you stick to your decision to leave because that partner may try to convince you otherwise. Oh, I won't do it again. Please don't leave me. No, that person that comes with you may be able to help you stick to the decision. Change your phone number. If that isn't possible, block the partner's number and social media accounts so you won't feel tempted to respond if they reach out. And lastly, take care of yourself. See, leaving any relationship can feel painful, distressing, but make sure you honor your needs by taking time for relaxation, sleep, and self-care. Yes, you want to make sure that you look to yourself, that you take care of yourself because toxic communication and behavior, see, it cracks and corrodes the very foundation of a relationship, but it also cracks and erodes the individuals involved. You begin to crack. You begin to lose your self-worth. And we just frankly can't have that. Recognizing that toxic relationship is the first step. As mentioned, if you find yourself in such a relationship, seek support, seek friends, seek family, seek professional help. Ending a toxic relationship can be challenging. But know this. Know that it has to happen because it is essential for your emotional, personal growth, as well as maybe saving you from future physical harm. At no time in American history have we had so many people to be what's called well-off. Yes, we have 
3 million millionaires in the United States, 770 billionaires in the United States. What a huge number. Yet, you know what number is also huge? Those who are impoverished. In our last U.S. Census Bureau, 37 0.9 million people live in poverty. And this number continues to increase. Do you know what the poverty level is in the United States? Now, we're going to talk about the median because it could differ if you lived in a different state. But we're going to talk about the poverty guidelines, the 2023 poverty guidelines. Within these, if you're in a single family household, one person, $14,580 is the poverty level. Two people in that house is $19,720. But let's just say those two people have just one kid. 24,860 is the poverty guideline with four children. I mean, with two children, making it four in the household. 30,000 is the guideline. Now, we find 37.9 million people living at that guideline or below. That is also a sign of one of the worst times in American history. But of that 37.9 million that's living in poverty, about half, 18.2 million are what's called deep poverty. What is deep poverty? Well, that means that 48% of all people in poverty earn less than half of the poverty threshold. So those numbers we just coughed up, let's just say it's four people in the house and the poverty threshold is $30,000, 48% of those in poverty don't even make that. They make half. So you've got four people living off $15,000 or much, much less. Meanwhile, 11.6 million people, not counted in that 37.9, 11.6 million people live just above the poverty line. So maybe they've got four people in the household and they make $30,100. Well, they're not considered impoverished because they make that extra $100, but they're living right there on the line. They're living paycheck to paycheck. And you know, in addition to that, poverty is not experienced equally. Even though there has been a decrease in poverty for Black and Hispanic Americans from 14.7% to 14%, it's still a higher poverty rate for minority groups than those who are not. Also, in the inequality, poverty is increasing among older Americans. You see, 
as discussed in one of our podcasts prior, we have Americans living longer than they ever have. We have plenty of people over 100 years old. As that happens, if there wasn't a retirement plan, or even if they were, even if they had a retirement plan, you may outlive that plan. We find many Americans on fixed incomes that are way below the poverty level mentioned. Also, poverty is unequaled in regions. The Northeast and Midwest have the lowest percentages of people in poverty, whereas in the South, it had the highest poverty rate at 13.2%. So where you live, what race you are, has been affected. doesn't stop there. Ladies, you're found, as you know, I'm not telling you anything new. To make much less than your men counterparts. Men have had median earnings that were over $10,000 higher than women. The female to male earnings ratio is 0.85. And that's a shame. Two people doing the same work getting paid differently. So when we take out all of the factors that we just mentioned, whether you're male or female, whether you're a minority or not, whether you live in the South or the Midwest, poverty remains a significant structural challenge in America. And it was only exasperated by the pandemic. As we continue to emerge from the pandemic and understand the nature of our poverty, maybe we'll be able to identify the most efficient use of federal dollars to give to anti-poverty programs and initiatives that will help raise more Americans out of poverty. Maybe we'll be able to get support and inclusiveness so that the wealth is shared and there's a economic growth for the future. But until then, while the number is 37.9 million living in poverty, 11.6 million living on the edge, and 18 million living below the poverty level, we have to ask ourselves, how did we get here? Our special interest and hobby for this podcast will be video games. I grew up with video games. The game that I used to play with one of my friends, his name is Kevin, we would play it as little boys, was a tennis simulation game. There was a line on each side of the television and a little ball that bounced in between. It was just a dot that bounced in between two lines. That was actually created in 1958 by physicists. By 1970s, 
That game was brought out by ColecoVision and using homes. Also, there was a successful arcade game like it named Pong, created by Atari in 1972. It also simulated table tennis in this case. But as he and I got older, we're talking about late 70s. We were playing at ColecoVision. By the 80s, the world just blew up with video games. It got to be wide open. We would get a pocket full of quarters, go to the mall, play arcade games all day long. We might start with Space Invaders, Centipede, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Tetris. All of these things just captured our imagination. There's been movies made about them. Along that time, there was Atari 2600, Odyssey, Nintendo Entertainment Systems, and these things brought the games into our homes. He and I didn't have to stay in the arcade all day with a pocket full of quarters. We'd come home in the safety of our own home and play video games. And guess what happened to the world while we were doing this? We were little kids. We were home. We were in our our bedrooms, playing these games. What about the rest of the world? They did the same. The world seemed to change overnight. One day we were outside playing. We were playing uh, football or baseball, what have you, on the streets. And all of a sudden, our parents didn't have to yell for us to come in because the street light was off. We were already in. And now it's to the point that you hardly see any kids outside. It changed the whole world. And I'm not going to say whether that's good or bad. I'm just going to say that's my special interest. That's what I enjoyed doing as a kid growing up. And as life has moved on, I've seen these games evolve evolve, and involve me even more so. We get into the 90s. We talked about the 80s, but by the 90s, we got the Super Nintendos and the Sega Genesis. And then you got... By the end of that decade, 3D gaming systems like PlayStation and Nintendo 64. By that time, I was addicted to the Madden games. Yes, I am here to tell you that NCAA football and John Madden football had my attention from that point forward. Favorite video game. We get into the the 2010s. By this time, man, what didn't we have? We mentioned uh, before having the, the, the video game consoles. Well, by the 2010s, we had it on our smartphones and our tablets. And it became a dominant force. All of our platforms now have whole arcade systems on there. You can play with whatever you wish. And then social gaming. Epitomized by this time, yet Farmville and Candy Crush got massive popularity. Well, what happened by the 2020s? By this time, we've now got virtual reality. We've got augmented reality. All of this is gaining traction. We have a sports and, and video games in which you seem to play with the professional players. You have major tournaments 
inside of these augmented reality games. And I mentioned before, my friend Kevin and I playing the video game with the two lines and the little dot in the middle. Guess what we do now? We get together, grown men, we pull out the, the Nintendo Switch, and we play physically against each other. We're standing up, moving around the den, bumping into each other with real-looking rackets. Boy, has everything changed. And we look like the people, the avatars that's on the video game. No more little lines and dots. So growing up with all of this, and I don't even know if I had the games back when I was a child, where I would be today. All I can know is, all I do know is that I enjoy video games just as much as any kid. And I have enjoyed the evolution of said games. Every now and then, I get the urge to want to go back and plug up my Atari 2600 because I kind of like the, the iconic games of the past. Even though the games today are so futuristic and realistic, every now and then it's kind of like a classic car. I like seeing that old Mustang, even though the new one is just as pretty. So, if you're out shopping for that new game, or maybe you're shopping for that new virtual reality set, maybe we'll meet each other in the aisles as we pick out either a new console or maybe we just might download that because technology has gone so far. I was about to say we might meet each other in the store. But you know what might happen? We might meet each other online. Our sunflower message will be a poem, Something to Tame, written by Abimbola T. Alabi. I've seen what words can do. As I deal with people everywhere, the tongue is powerful. It's true. Something to tame and use with care. I've seen spiteful words ruin a life and genuine words heal and bless. I've seen careless words stir up and strife and tender words ease distress. I've watched silence speak out loud and idle chatter bring mischief. Seen timely words persuade a crowd, and hasty words end in grief. I've seen people eat their words, who can't seem to hold their tongue, watch them take the shame it affords, where they are later proved wrong. My tongue, too, can go astray. So, dear Lord, help me watch with care to whom I'd speak and what I'd say, how I'd speak, and when and where. Beautiful words to remember. We want to be able to remember that we exist on this earth to uplift others. So if we can use our tongue properly, what a righteous tongue it would be. On Cash App, dollar sign, Live Laugh Talk, and on Twitter at Live Laugh Talker, you can donate to support our podcast. In addition to that, on Spotify, you can just press the dollar sign to donate. Any and everything is appreciated, no matter whether it's a dollar or less. Also, remember to rate us a five 
or whatever your podcast platform has as a rating system. Maybe it goes up to 10. Well, don't rate us a five then. Give us a 10 and tell your friends about us. Tell your family. Tell your colleagues, coworkers. We need the support. Support could come in donations. could also come in your rating as well as in followers. By you following us, and telling others to do so as well. This is James and George's baby boy signing out. And as you know, I can't wait to speak with you again soon.